Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Meatballs. The idea that Jesus took time to create sacred spaces to build relationships was something that I just read about at the end of last week. You'd think by this time in my life that I would have thought about something that important. But maybe it was the way that the writer put those words that I was so struck by that. If you look at Jesus's life, the three years that he spent here on earth ministering, not one time in any of those stories, do you see him being hurried or rushed? Which is crazy because he knew he only had three years, quote unquote, only. True. There are people who have had ministries here on earth for decades, and Jesus had three to change the world. And he was never rushed. Mm -hmm. Even when people came and running to him and said, you know, Lazarus is going to die, please come. Or my daughter's going to die, please come. And, you know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And even his mom, you know, this is going to happen, son. You need to do this. And Jesus was always unhurried, unrushed. But look at how we live our lives. I mean, I'm going to speak for myself because I have the only life that I'm living, you know, my own <laughs> life. I, I, I sometimes I feel like I can't, you know, a snake eating its own tail. I'm yeah. so busy. There are so many important things with big red lights flashing that you have to get done. But look at what Jesus did. Instead of being rushed, he spent the time to create relationships mm-hmm. and to talk to people marginalized or not. And love them. And I wish it hadn't taken all these years of my life, losing a marriage, losing a best friend recently, and reading those words for me to understand exactly what this means. What this means is that I and you are freed from the hurriedness of life. You're freed from being rushed. You're freed from the to-do list. And you're freed from all of that to take the time to stop and love people. You spend time and energy and money to create the perfect vanity plate. It must be pretty frustrating <laughs> when nobody can figure out what it says. That's kind of what's going on with uh, our boss, our Bruce. Boss, boss Bruce. You hear his voice on Life 107.1, and he's got a license plate that puzzles some people. It does because, okay, so Boss Bruce lived in New York, not the city. The state. Upstate New York. Upstate New York. All right. And so he has an affinity to a couple of teams from that area. He's a big fan of the Mets. The Mets. And the Bills. And the Bills. (laughs) So in Iowa, you get seven letters on your license plate. And so he couldn't put Mets and Bills. So instead, he's got Mets and BLS. Mets, Bulls. And so everybody thinks that his license plate means... Meatballs. (laughs) Meatballs. <laughs> but here's the thing. Bruce also really likes Italian food. <laughs> he does. So, doing double duty for you. Kelly, you have a vanity plate? I have a vanity plate, and the funniest part of my vanity plate is that it's a cyclone plate. And I graduated from there. My husband graduated from there. Guess how I got the plate? How? Valentine's Day. <laughs> You got a cyclone plate for Valentine's Day. Yeah. And he said, I have a huge <laughs> surprise for you. And I was huge. like, oh my word. If it's huge, it probably is jewelry. Nope. It's a vanity license 
<laughs> but it's got some red on it for love. Well, it's like a conversation oh, heart, yeah. but it's a license well, plate. It's a constant reminder that my honey tries hard, I think. <laughs> Hey, Maria, do you want to tell us about a vanity plate? About 10 years ago, my daughter was 12, and her and I were driving to a friend's house, and I saw a license plate. And at first glance, I was like, that is so funny. It says to Jesus. And she was like, Mom, that's Pegasus. (laughs) 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 Who would have that on their license plate? First of all, you thought it said be Jesus? No, Pudgesus. Pudgesus. Jesus. I <laughs> don't know why. Some people just stick a P in there. You just see <laughs> Jesus wherever you are. Yeah, you're very spiritual. I love that about you. I guess. That is fantastic. <laughs> Field and Stream magazine asked their readers to send them the uses for WD-40, their uses for WD-40. They collected over 2,000 possible uses for WD-40. So we are having an ode today, ode to this very American WD-40 stuff. Did you know that you can spray it on your dead fish bait and it is a great pike attractor? Did not know that. (laughs) Did you know that? Did you know that you can spray wire tomato cages with WD-40 and it helps to keep the insects away? Did you know it works like magic on tangled horse manes and tails, and it shines the leaves of artificial plants? Didn't know any of that. I didn't even know what it stood for until uh, Jeremy helped us out. Water displacement. Very good, Jeremy. You know it. Did okay. you Google that? No, I didn't. When I was a little kid, I don't remember who it was, but I think it was in like a science class or something, and... We were talking about WD-40 for whatever reason, and they asked us the same question, and that's what they told us. So here you go. All these years later, that science class prepared you to be the smartest in the room on Mornings with Taylor and Jen. (laughs) It's all led to this moment. (laughs) Yep. What a a preparation. Yeah. Jeremy, do you have a can of WD-40 at your place? Uh, I'm sure I do someplace. What do you use it for? (laughs) I don't use it myself. I usually leave it someplace where my wife can get it so she can... So she can grease her own uh, cabinet doors. You leave it for your wife! Nice. Yeah, it's either that or olive oil, so I got her some WD-40. <laughs> Talking all things WD-40, mm. Field and Stream asked their readers, what do you use WD-40 for? Did you know that it's not just for mechanical type things? No. Did you know that WD-40 takes the sting out of fire ant bites? Really? Did you know? That WD-40 repels pigeons from balcony railings. (laughs) Okay. We learned that WD stands for water displacement, but the mystery now is, what does the 40 stand for, Greg? That's how many times it took him to get it right. How do you guys know this? I think I read it on the can once. (laughs) You you actually read the can? Yep. Oh, I mean, sure. That'll do it. WD-40. I say it and you're all just like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, we all have a can of it Got somewhere. It somewhere yeah. Or your mom and dad did. And we all use it for squeaky things. But WD-40 could be used for so many things. And Beth told us that it was a go-to for someone very special to her. My dad, God bless him. If we would find something that was like something was wrong with the car, you're like, dad, there's a, there's a noise. Well... 
He'd say, by golly, he said, there may be a rock up in there. Let me get my WD-40. <laughs> After a while, you just stood there and shook your head and laughed. <laughs> Dad, it's not a rock. <laughs> well, it may be, he'd say. <laughs> so do you have a can of WD-40 in your house right now? Do you know I don't? <gasps> oh. And I don't know why. I, You know, Dad's probably looking down from heaven, shaking his head at me like, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do if there's a rock in your engine? What happens I know. <laughs> Considering how much time you and I have spent in our homes over the course of 2020 and 2021, it's no surprise sales of WD-40 have gone up a whopping 26%. Wow. The company market value, $4 billion. It might be that Nina has helped with that. My husband sent me to uh, the hardware store and I was supposed to be getting 24D for the yard to kill the dandelions. Okay. And I went in and I asked for three gallons of WD-40. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the guy it was like, and, and the guy goes, that's a lot. Of, what are you going to do with that? And I said, my husband puts it on the yard to kill dandelions. <laughs> and the guy looked at me and he goes, I had no idea this stuff was in there. And, and so I bought it. I took it home and my husband was like, what is this? <laughs> Every time I get like WD forty in my Christmas stocking, every <laughs> we had a lifetime supply of WD forty. We have been doing one of my favorite things in the world these uh, past few weeks, which is warm your heart. It's where we hear about people who need. A free furnace. It's not working. Whatever's going on, we pass those stories along to Service Legends. And Service Legends is granting 30 free furnaces this winter. And we've got another story to share from you. We got to talk to Michelle to tell us about someone she thinks could use a furnace. Lisa has worked at her job for over 15 years. We've been co-workers for almost three years. Single lady that has taken in her daughter and grandchildren because they were struggling. And the last two years, she really has had a lot of trouble with her furnace. And she'll come into work and she'll say, oh, we were freezing last night. And so we had to turn the oven on and turn the oven on to heat up the house for the kids. And it breaks my heart to see that, but I can't personally help her. And that's why I dominated her. Well, it sounds like she works really hard to take care of a lot of people. She does. She reaches out and will give people donations when she can. And if her daughter has a friend that's struggling, she'll let them stay at their house for a day or two until they can get back on their feet. She's got a big heart, and I just would like to try to do something nice for her. She's one of those ladies that takes care of everybody else, but maybe it's time to take care of Lisa. I just love to see somebody give something back to her for once. I got Brian here from Service Legends. So, Brian, you got something to say? Well, we need a lot of good moms in this world and she sounds like a mother of many so we want to grant that furnace and get get her taken care of so that grandkids and the kids and the she can keep on momming and keep it keep the house warm in the process and not have to battle that too well i really appreciate it that just that makes me so happy for her and she will be so excited and she's just a great great lady well good news is you get to let her know oh <laughs> Call her up and get her ready to be blessed. Okay, I will do that. I will get a hold of her and let her know. So I have a long list. We want to hear yours. What are you fantastically bad at, Connie? I cannot run. 
You can't run. Oh. I have never been able to run. Hmm. We used to play hide and go seek on like the four corners of our, our yard and sure. stuff, like yeah. the neighbors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we would have a race from the sidewalk at my house to the sidewalk across the street. Mm-hmm. And they would let me start in the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. It was a close race. <laughs> Hey, this is Steve with a fantastically bad golf game. Oh, oh, you have a fantastically bad game, huh? Years and years ago, I was out playing with my mom down at a place in Lake of the Ozarks, and I went to tee off, and I hit the tree that was just off the tee box on the right-hand side, and the ball bounced right back to me, and I caught it in the air. <laughs> now... What are the odds of hitting a round ball on a round tree and having it come right back to you, right? So I teed off again. The second time, I hit that same tree, and the ball came right back to me again. So I put the ball down. I've never picked up a club since. (laughs) Rosa, good morning. What are you fantastically bad at? Drawing. Drawing? I am great at crafts. I'm great at creating things, but not drawing. How do you know you're bad at drawing? Um, Any animal I try to draw ends up looking something like a cat. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's supposed to be an eagle. No, it looks like a cat to me. My husband's family is really good at drawing, and they have drawing contests. Oh, boy. And... I measure down there with the uh, (laughs) 10-year-old. I am so sorry, honey. They have drawing contests. That is humiliating. But I guess you could look at it this way. You're fantastically good at drawing cat stick figures. You can do it without even trying. You're feeling low, Mm. not quite as good as you could be. Mm. What's kind of your go-to thing to make you feel better? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I eat junk food, which is not as healthy. <laughs> We've talked with Dr. Heidi about that, yep. Taylor. Maybe I've got TV shows that I mm-hmm. just know they're going to make me feel happy, get my mind off of it. If yeah. I'm feeling really healthy, kind of go to the gym. Yeah, I think I think that might be my thing. Go to the couch, mm-hmm. turn on TV, find one of those old favorites to just kind of, you know, buoys my spirits yeah. a little bit. I did a lot of that during the pandemic oh, shelter absolutely. in place time. You know, I would leave here, go home and watch something that would just make me smile. And I think so. Some of that can be really good. I also think this is really interesting. Mike Donahue, he's the lead singer of 10th Avenue North, uh, tweeted this. I think I saw it yesterday. He says, sometimes when I'm feeling low, I roll through my contacts and remind my friends why I love them. Quick text, call, whatever. Strangely, it seems that complimenting others can often pull me out of a depressed heart space. Fully recommend it. Wow. Isn't that interesting? It's a great idea. It's a really outward-focused self-care. Can you imagine being the person that gets one of those texts? I- I've been that person, and it makes such a difference. Really, when you think about it, it, it's a bit of a harrowing experience. You're putting a teenager in charge of your children. Yep. <laughs> we should be paying them a lot, if you think about some of our children. And we just want to know the adventures you've had in babysitting. I babysat for a family when I was in college, and I will never forget The kids were so excited because they got two fish. They named the fish Fears and Roebuck. (laughs) And they were adorable. However, it was not quite a happy ending because we went to the park and came back 
Roebuck disappeared. <laughs> oh, no. Sears ate Roebuck because he was a betta fish. Oh, boy. I know. Or Roebuck escaped. I think we should say that. <laughs> Roebuck escaped. <laughs> That's what I wanted to go with because I was the babysitter and we couldn't find the other fish. You lost a fish while you were babysitting. <laughs> Yeah, like it must have jumped out and went on a walk or I Definitely. Don't know. That sounds that sounds yeah. right. You hope it's going to be an easy evening. <laughs> but often when you are employed as a babysitter, an adventure is coming. I was babysitting a brother and sister and the younger brother uh, decided he would go get in the drawer with permanent markers and use his mom and dad's white leather sofa as his kid. Oh! oh boy. Oh no. You're talking about a child and permanent markers and white leather sofa. What did he draw? Uh, just a straight line. Well, not a straight line, a squiggly line. Because I <laughs> caught him and started grabbing the marker. And then he ran away. And I started panicking. And I said, well, the only thing I can do now is call mom, ask for forgiveness, and hope I can be welcome back. Do you think maybe that mom should have put those permanent markers in a different place? Something tells me he would have found them anyway. Oh. So. <laughs> he was in the octopus stage. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Babysitting? Can be a little risky. Babysitting? Oh, yeah. Especially, like, the closer in age the babysitter is to the babysittee. And so, you know, sometimes my parents would go out and they'd have something they'd need to do and they would feel like it's a good idea for Taylor, the older oh, brother, no, no. to babysit Nate, no. his younger brother, oh. who's, like, what, three and a half years younger and so I must have been like 10. He would have been seven. And we had just gotten these action figures from a movie that we didn't see. But we thought the action figures were awesome. They were from Waterworld. <laughs> oh, my word. And they, they were super cool. Like That's they because just... it would have taken you a year to watch the movie. <laughs> so Seriously. We had our Waterworld action figures and we were playing with them. And they had Waterworld action figures? They made action figures out of every movie in the 90s. Your mom must have found those in a clearance bin at it Walmart. It didn't matter what movie it was from. If it was even appropriate for children, there was going to be an action figure. I had no idea you played with Waterworld action figures. And this one, hmm. I thought he looked like... This guy probably has really good jumping superpowers. Oh, my. He just looks like a really good jumper. There were no jumping superpowers. I, hey, I didn't see Waterworld. But my Waterworld jumping power dude <laughs> took a jump across the room. Oh, no. And we had a uh, kerosene lamp <gasps> in the room. Oh, no. It wasn't lit. No. But it did have glass on it. Well, it was probably decorative. Yeah, it uh, it shattered. Oh, we shattered the kerosene lamp with your no your Waterworld action figure. With my shattered. water, yes, the Waterworld action figure, Kevin Costner. It was all his fault. And here's the worst part: when I tried to call my dad at work to tell him what happened, there was a problem with the phone line. So I ended up leaving a voicemail on the cheerleading coach's phone. <laughs> And I was like, hey, you work with my dad. You need to tell him that Kevin Costner broke the kerosene lamp. We love the idea of a pet set. If you've got a pet set, their names go together. Let us know. My pet set is Jack and Jill, a pair of Littermate Vishla dogs who are about two and a half years old. Oh, Vishlas. <laughs> yes. Are they good buddies? They are best buddies. She runs the show and he just walks around behind her and does whatever she wants him to do. I can tell you from personal experience, that relationship usually works out well. That way it should be, right? You know, naming pets is kind of a big responsibility. It is. And when you got two of them, 
I mean, it just makes sense. You got to come up with a set name. You got a pet set to tell us about, John? A friend of mine had Neo and Trinity. <laughs> there we go. From the Matrix. Does, does Neo know Kung Fu? Um, Neo was um, overweight and lethargic. <laughs> oh, so did he know Kung Fu? Neo may have known Kung Fu. <laughs> oh. He was able to eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful, John. Don't was that's a dad good. Joke. No, hey, I'm, I'm proud of you. Hadn't heard that one. That's good. <laughs> You're going to save that, aren't I you? Know, I know Kung Fu. You got a pet set name that you want to tell us about? My boys wanted a pet so bad, we adopted two mice from the ARL. And they had a little one and a big one, and they named them Truck and Trailer. <laughs> of all the guesses I would have had about what to name two mice, Truck and Trailer was pretty far down the list. No, but it was adorable, though, because, you know, what do boys like to do? Play with trucks and yeah. in the dirt. Did they play you know? with Truck and Trailer in the dirt? No, 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 they didn't. But we had to get, instead of one cage, you know, at a decent price, we had to get two cages. Naturally. Because the one started biting the other one's tail. Well, no. He's just trying to a, hitch up. He was trying to hitch up. That's his trailer hitch the back there. <laughs> the Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.